this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Let's just get in the habit, you know, right before a message comes and just let's lift up our hands and really enter in. Let's create that fire in this place, in this place of surrender. And a lot of times we're looking for someone else to create that atmosphere when you're the house of God and you have the ability to create that atmosphere. And it's simple as just breathing in and trusting the Lord. When you invite him in, he literally comes in. He's not standing at the door. It's just literally just extending your hands up and inviting him in. Lord, you're awesome in this place. Lord, you are awesome in this place. Lord, I make room for you today. You're welcome in this place. I make room for you. I make room for you in my heart. I make room for you in my life. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. Wow. You are welcome in this place. There we go. There we go. Here he is. Here he is. Take a hold of him as he moves through this place. Take a hold of him as he moves through this place. There he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. Don't let him walk by you. Take a hold of him in this place. Oh, Father God, even as we welcome you in, let your perfect will be done. Let your message go forward. Let your people be transformed and changed as a result of the word as they hear. Oh, Lord, even in this place, let them ignite the power that you readily pour upon them. Each and every one of them set a fire on them. Set a fire, a fire that doesn't go out. Lord, in this place, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Oh, Lord, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this assembly. Lord, we're here to exalt and acknowledge you in this place. You are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome. Praise be to God. And so, you know, some of us attended Occupy. And in attending that particular service, you know, there was so much worship that was going on in that place. And I said, Lord, in this place where I see you residing, I never want to leave this place. And I recognized within my own vessel, and I hope you guys recognize within your own vessel, if you invite him in, he stays. You invite him in, he stays. And it's simply just releasing what's on the inside of you. But we're going to talk about being in that place where Christ is always present on the inside of you. And it's a place where you create for Christ to dwell on the inside of you. And I'll start by 
you know, telling you guys not a testimony, but my experience yesterday. Um, I belong to this group, I'll say it like this. I belong to this group, and this group that I belong to, you know, has many prophets. And so there was an announcement that went out and literally said, come and be prayed for. Come and hear what the Spirit of the Lord said that is saying to you at this particular time and hour. In anticipation of being said, to being able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord had for me, I couldn't sleep the night before. I mean, I was up all night waiting, ready, and willing to hear what the Spirit of the Lord was going to say to me. You know, I was thrilled, you know. Uh, so I even woke up early with the anticipation of, hey, God's going to speak to me today, and he's going to say something to me that's going to rock me in a way that, oh, gosh, it's going to set my life on fire. It's going to take me in a whole other direction. And so the time came, and we were all presented, uh, ushered in two rooms. And I immediately looked to see how many people were in my room, and there were only seven. Completion, right? The perfect number, seven. And as I began to look at that, I just kind of figured, because there was only seven people in the room, and sometimes the room can be filled up to 25 people, and they don't have the time to really speak to the people. And so I had the expectations, I want to make sure that you guys hear me, that these individuals who had the gift of prophetic word was going to speak something in my life that was going to literally change me. They're going to say something that's going to rock me that I don't already know. Okay? And so my turn came. But before my turn came, I... I examined the three people who were scheduled to give me word. And I was saying to myself, I don't want that one. And then I said, that one behind the scenes, she can add on, but I don't want that one either. And then the other one that I see could, could literally speak to me because she did a little bit of things like me. She prayed, and as she was praying in the spirit, she was getting word. And to me, sometimes when people pray in the spirit and they're telling you what they're hearing as they're praying, has the ability to go way further than in my mind than others have when they just speak. But I end up getting the one I didn't want. I always work that way, right? And in getting the one I didn't work, want, she began to speak to me something I already knew. But I was looking for something different. And they were told two minutes. And so she literally said, okay, but I want to make sure that you have an understanding. I have this, okay, it's my turn, it's my turn, it's my turn, excitement all over my face. And she called out my name, and I couldn't get off of mute. <laughs> and so finally I get off of mute, and she says, I see a hunger and a thirst for the Lord like no other. This is not like you thirst and hunger for him in the past, but 
temperature, hunger and thirst has gotten God attention. And then she said, in your apartment, uh, I see the roof opening and God is just down like Superman scooping you up. And she said, you know, like Superman scooping you up, you know, like whoo. And, I, and she said, you understand what I mean in that? And I said, yes. She went on to say that this particular pursuit of God is allowing you to come into a place and others will see the thirst that you have. And it will become contagious because of what they see. She then got excited as she was delivering the message and she was getting ready to go further and then she looked and said, oh, two minutes, and she cut off. And in my mind, I'm saying, Lord, you're gonna cut me off in two minutes? And she did it to the rest of the people and they took turns and throughout the room and they gave something. And in my mind, I was still sitting there as well as everybody else in the room because we finished, it was seven people, we finished under 10 minutes. Under 10 minutes. And so we're sitting there and they said, ha, 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 ha. you know, you guys are so patient, you just don't want to leave. Okay? And, and we're sitting there waiting like, you don't want to leave. We're hungry. We're thirsty for more. We're here because we want more. And they kept saying, ha, 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 ha. Then the organizer pops into the room, and she in return turns around and, you know, gives, hey, just checking on the room, see how things are going, da, 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 da. And they say, we finished. And we still hang out. And so they began to talk to themselves. And then I said, I guess that must be my key to get off. So I got off the line. And then I began to sit in front of my Lord. And in sitting in front of my Lord, he said something most important to me. You're looking for a man to tell you what I can tell you myself. You're looking for man to give you what I can give you myself. He said, for what you desire, I desire more of you. And the only way I'm going to get more of you is that you continue to purge what's on the inside of you. Did you guys hear me? You continue to purge what's on the inside of you. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me uh, today, but also has reminded me in the past about baptism and what that looks like. I've been baptized three times. Three times, you guys. My first initial baptism, you guys, I make you laugh. And the, the Baptist church that I was in, the funny part about the Baptist church I was in, I make you guys laugh. There was nobody to come to be baptized that day. And the pastor of the church was like, had an altar call. And nobody answered. 
And so my mom felt like she needed to throw us out there as a sacrifice. And she literally said, go up there and get baptized. We said no. She said, get up there now. We had no other choice. We went to the altar. We were scheduled for baptism and we were baptized. But I want to make sure that you understand, leading up to the baptism, I knew nothing about baptism. So I prepped, did my hair, made sure I had beautiful curls and, you know, I had no clue that I was going to be thrown in some water. Especially being an individual that can't swim. And so my turn comes, and I don't know, I still see people being dipped in the water and I just didn't get it, right? But my turn comes, and I'm now ushered to the pool. And I say, you gonna mess up my hair. I had no knowledge what the baptism was about. And so as I went in, I came out. Making sure you guys hear that. Second baptism. I said, I may might as well just do this right. In the second baptism, I recognized that there was a need for me to do it all over. But still, I'm in this place, still not really understanding. I have no clue what baptism is really about. I am at a loss. But I go because I really want to do the work for God. And so I get baptized the second time. This time, I come close to drowning the person. Because I'm still afraid of water. And so they dump me in, and all of a sudden, the pastor who's dumping me in, I want to make sure that you guys hear me, is in that particular place to whereby he's not taking the right stand, and he's not taking the right stand. So guess what happens? I take him under with me. And he says, whoa, okay, I didn't expect that. I need to embrace myself, okay? I think he was there and probably got baptized at that time. I don't know. I don't remember. But I remember getting baptized. Still not good. Recently, I got baptized. It's been probably less than a month now. And this time I understood it. And the main reason why I understood it is because of my thirst and hunger for Christ. This is the third time. And so in that particular place, John the Baptist speaks, confessing of thy sins. And in that place, you're telling God your beloved father that you're done with things and you're cutting off so much to make room for what he has for you and that's what I recognize these things I am releasing to you Lord so that you can make more room for the things in which I want to do for you because the things that are holding me back 
or taking room in my vessel. Hopefully you guys get that. Sin takes room in your vessel. And so for the things that God has for you, some things will be pushed out, I hate to say. Some things will push out automatically, but other things can't come out until you really change your heart and say, I'm no longer going to gravitate toward these things and really become a partnership with these things. You have to make an open confession, and that open confession is between you and the Lord. But in order to make that open confession between you and the Lord, it's so important that you understand why you're making that confession. And Acts 1.8 says what? It's not one person getting their Bible, it's all of you guys. Because I need you guys, in order to get to the place that you need to be, you need to start opening your Bible. Acts 1.8 says what, you guys? And so when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're supposed to have power, right? And many of have no power. Better yet, as I was getting this message, the Lord reminded me of when I grew up, the old stones. You guys know the old stones, right? It was a gas stove. And sometimes it would lit light itself and other times it wouldn't. You literally had to have a lighter. You either balled up a piece of paper, you lit that piece of paper, and you put it on to light the fire. A lot of times it didn't light on its own. And many of us are that old stove. It's not lighting on its own because of the stuff you got going on in your vessel. You need somebody to come and literally light you because it's not lighting on its own. Now the new stove has a, what is it called, Paul? Igniter. Igniter. So when you turn on your stove today, there's a igniter that automatically lights up the stove and, and it automatically causes the fire. And you can regulate the heat, right? And so the Lord shows me like when you are totally in him and your vessel is clean, it automatically lights and God regulates the heat. Do you hear me? So if he knows how to turn you and you are blazing and he knows when to turn you down. But many of us is still in that particular place where he's got to light us. And, and, and he's got to light us because we can't light ourselves because of what's on the inside of us. We're being entertained and detained by junk. And that's what the enemy does. He entertains and detains us with junk. So to go back to my third baptism, I'm in the water. But what I love about this third baptism, the Holy Spirit said to me, it is time for you to be baptized again. The first thing I heard was, baptism again? But this woman came and she preached this beautiful message. And she said, I am so tired. 
for people, they don't never get what they want because the demon stands in front of them. Hopefully you guys getting what I'm saying. Demon stands in front of you. Okay? Scripture talks about, and somebody can get this scripture, I would suggest you guys use your phone. He says, when a spirit goes out, what does it do? It roams and searches for a place to live. What scripture is that, you guys? Pull it up, somebody read it. If you see what I'm doing now, I'm moving you in a place to you start using your word. What does it say? Somebody got it? Somebody got it online? Matthew 12, 43. Can you read it? Now when the unclean spirits have gone out of the land, it roams through waterless, dry, arid places in search of rest, but it does not find it. And so what does it do? Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when it arrives, it finds the place unoccupied, swept, and put in order. And so what it's literally saying, it's cast out, but then it comes back to you. Do you understand? First it rolls back and forth, and then it says, hey, uh, I don't have a place to go. So it seeks to go back into the individual, right? Because it rolls back and forth, and then what it does it do? It comes back, and what does it bring with it? Seven more. Seven more spirits. Do you see what I'm saying? You got seven more spirits. So if you got a spirit of control and you're unwilling to release the spirit of control, you stand before me. I'm, I'm praying for you. And in that prayer for you, I cast out that demon. You're still unwilling to release that spirit of control. Seven more controlling spirit comes along. And they dwell on the inside of you. And then you're crying out saying, Lord, I want more of you. I want to begin to move in that place with you. And you never deal with what's dealing with you. And you're saying, Lord, I want your power. I want to be able to flow through you and do the things that you do. Scripture says that you can't serve two masters, right? Look that up. What did that scripture say? Somebody got that? Matthew 6, 24. And what does it say? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so it's literally saying you hate two masters. You will be devoted to one. Sometimes we're devoted to our sins. Even though we think uh, we're devoted to God. And how we know we're devoted to our sins, when somebody comes to talk to you about the things that you're contending with, you get mad. You're devoted to the stuff that you're doing. You're devoted to the things that you like to do. So there 
everyone. We're in agreement. You're full of demons. You're not full of Christ, even though you're saying you're full of Christ, you're really full of demons. And whatever's controlling you is your master. Christ is not your master. Even though you're saying Christ is your master, Christ is not your master. If money is something you focus on, that's your master. And, and I'm not trying to get you to, to give money. I'm getting you to see you. Whatever you've devoted to is what you're serving. And when Christ is truly there, you have power. Did we read that description? You have power. That means demons run from you. Today, you're running from demons. Did you hear me? You said amen. Help you, Lord Jesus. Because you're running, you're running from demons. And how do you know you're running from demons? Pray for me. Because if a demon comes after you, you're supposed to have the power to deal with what's dealing with you. And if you are not operating in power, that means you're operating in fear. Or whatever else you're operating that's controlling you. And so it's so important that each believer really begin to assess their own vessel. It's not for your pastor to assess you. It's for you to assess you. Okay? What scripture says that we're supposed to look after ourselves. You guys should know that. What did it say? Say that again? Check our motives. But what scripture says, check your motives. Perfect. What scripture is that? Because there's a little bit more to that. It tells us to work out our own salvation. And so that means it's our responsibility to deal with the stuff that's dealing with us. Yes, passage there is to help pray and get you through it. But for the most part, it is your responsibility to deal with what's dealing with you. And some things is so confidential, you don't want nobody else to know, so you got to deal with it. Get it? Because you're afraid to tell people what it is, and that's where the enemy got you held captive. The Word of God says that I come to set the captive free. What scripture is that, you guys? Look for it. Say that one again. As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out, work out your salvation here. But if you read it from the Hebrew, it says your salvation, your salvation worked out, which means that your salvation is already worked out trust Christ. Which is correct. And if you're not trusting Christ, then salvation is not worked out, and so therefore, you're full of demons. Okay? And Galatians begins to give us some understanding of demons. Precious, you know that one by heart. Can you pull that one up? 
that many of us say, I don't identify with them, but yet we do. If Faye was here, she would be ringing it off <laughs> two seconds flat because she used to always take us there. Is it Galatians 3 Yes. Yeah, yes. That's one. Oh, course, Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Christ Jesus is fully portrayed among you as crucified? Okay. And Galatians 5 says what? What when, you, go ahead. when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life would not inherit the kingdom of God. What's happening, you guys, in this place? I'm pushing you guys back to read scripture. Because if you know it, then you will stand under it. But if we just know just a little bit of it, the enemy gets in and says, it's all right. It's okay. God understands. You have grace. And then we can't tend to use grace as a crutch. And you can't use grace as a crutch. What I'm going to start doing to get you guys to the place where you need to be is making you use your Bibles. Because you got to use your Bible because the only way you're going to change is that you know your word. Scripture says, what about knowing your word? Find that scripture. Say that again. You got to say it loud. They can't hear you so they can get to it. Timothy verse 15 and so we have to make a commitment to God that we are going to study our word to show that we're approved Do you guys hear it? Study partners. Because some of you guys don't go to Bible study. And so if you don't go to Bible study, then you need a study partner. And that study partner has to be somebody that's accountable to help you to get to the place that you're supposed to be. You don't pick a friend. Do you understand? You pick somebody that's going to hold you accountable for making sure you do it. But if you mature already, you already 
blocking off time for God. And if you're blocking off time for God, God is literally saying, if you're really in that mature state, I want more. And so what I, I'm learning, that God is literally saying, you give eight hours to your work establishment, I want eight hours from you as well. And so I have literally got off of work and I go to work for him. And that's eight hours of spending quality time reading my word. Spending quality time of praying in the spirit. Spending quality time of doing what I need to do. I, I, I make sure that I say to you guys, in my prayer time, some of you guys heard this. The Lord said to me, my house should be a house of prayer. And you have made it a den of thieves. And so in my prayer time, I hear this, right? But the funny part, when I hear it, I don't have the complete scripture on it. All I heard was, you have made it a den of thieves. So I immediately go to the scripture, look it up, and I said, oh my God. He says in the scripture, my house should be a house of prayer. Can somebody get that scripture? Say where it's at. And I'm gonna slow down because I wanna make sure that we're able to present it so that you guys can see it. Because I want, because I know everybody got some new Bibles that they haven't touched in a while. So I wanna slow down so you guys can actually see it in, uh, in, in scripture. And so what is it, Matthew what? 21. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called house of prayer. And, and, and before then, what did he do? He cleared out the temple. And what is your job to do? Clear out your temple. And that means you got to clear out your temple when everything that's set up in there that doesn't resemble Christ got to go. That's what John the Baptist is talking about. Repenting from sin. And so if we're never clearing out our temple and we're putting more of Christ in there, and so you've got two masters trying to live in one. And it's so important that we get to that place that we daily begin to clear out our temple. And so when he said to me, my house should be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves, it rocked the heck out of me. Because the first thing I said, Lord, am I still in your body? Am I doing something? I'm holding back my resources for you? And I got no answer. And then I was talking to Precious on the phone. First I asked another person about it. I said, I don't know what that means. And I kept examining the word. And then finally as I'm sharing with somebody else, I was talking to Precious. And the Lord said, the den of thieves represents self-worship. He showed me his people coming to the altar about themselves, not about kingdom. And, and, and I have allowed it as a pastor. Let me pray for that job for you. Let me pray for this for you. And it became a self-worship to whereby it's a den where it's not focused on Christ, 
itself. And, and, and the reason why it's focused on itself because it's not dealing with what's in its vessel. And so therefore, you come to the altar seeking things for yourself because the stuff that's in you is not being dealt with. Wow, isn't that deep? And then he literally said to me, you being the pastor should be praying for them continually. And so then I recognized that I wasn't doing a good job in that area and I needed to spend more than my eight hours because some of you guys require much more prayer than others. I can start praying and then, uh, you know how you get to that point in that prayer? Welcome. I'm sorry. Um, my daughter's trying to get out. There's a trip that one uh, the door open. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so in that place, you guys are looking for prayer, but in that place, you can't get to where you're going because all I'm doing is giving you a jump start to go backwards because you're not dealing with what's on. And so again, when you look at that stove, somebody's lighting a match, starting your fire, but time you cook the thing that you need, that fire goes out again. And you gotta keep lighting it and keep lighting it because the power of God doesn't exist because there's so much in the way. Get it? There's so much in the way and so therefore God can't do what he wants to do in you and it's because you're holding on to stuff. Now, I wanna talk about some of the simple sins, okay? And, and, and the simple sin is, you know, the, the one that all of us deal with. Never feeling good enough, worthy enough to stand. Okay, that's one of the simple things. That's literally telling you that you haven't embraced Jesus. Even though we say we embrace Jesus, we really haven't. And the way you know you haven't, you keep looking at you. And you're still thinking that you're supposed to be this perfect person. Scripture says, what kind of people he called? Can somebody find that? Who did he call when he called the disciples? What was their characteristic? Somebody find that? Were they perfect people? What were they? Uneducated, didn't the Bible say? Unlearned, unskilled in the book of Acts? These were... And, and, and the Pharisees were able to understand these people ain't smart. They're not schooled. They're not learned. They have no education. Look it up in the scripture. Say it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Well, what were the type of people? Uh, my brethren. You see your calling. For considering your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Okay. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So, so I'm foolish, I'm weak, 
I'm not skilled. I'm not wise. And I'm acceptable to my Lord. Do you get it? I'm imperfect. But I'm acceptable to my Lord. And it's so important that I see that this is who I'm okay with being. And many of us don't think that's acceptable. So many of us trying to be something that we're not. Stop trying to be something that you're not. Because when you try to be something that you're not, you entertain demons. Hopefully you guys get it. When you're trying to be something that you're not. So it's okay to be who you are. And no one should be able to put their standard upon you if you're okay with you. Hopefully you guys get that. Say it louder. It's Isaiah chapter 40, 
so we tend to look towards other things that excites us. But if you guys see what I'm doing, I'm pushing you back in your work. And, and I'm going to do this from now on until I know that you know word and that word is standing up on the inside of you. It's 2 Timothy verse, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. And what does it say there? For the time will come when man will not tolerate sound doctrine, but with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. Did you get that? So they're looking for somebody that's just going to suit their own desires. But, so they don't want nobody dealing with the stuff that's going on the inside of them. They want to be able to have what they want and stay in that place and still call themselves God. So they're going to exchange the doctrine of Christ for their own doctrine. And some of us have been in that place when we yield not to the Holy Spirit. We exchange the doctrine of Christ for our own doctrine. And how we exchange it? By simply saying to the Lord, it's okay, your grace covers me. It's okay not to yield to the Holy Spirit because I'm okay. He knows my condition. Isn't that something was said? I know I even said, Lord, you know my condition. You know I'm trying to get out of this. When I have full power to resist the devil and he shall flee. Scripture tells us to resist the devil and he shall flee. And it also says after resist the devil and he shall flee, he said draw close to Christ and he'll draw close to you. Let's look that up. And I crack up laughing because the Lord used to always say resist, he'll flee. That means drop what you're doing and walk away. But sometimes to drop what you're doing costs money. Because you invested in something that you shouldn't invest in. You gotta be willing to lose the money too. You gotta be willing to lose it all and say none of this matter. And so what does that scripture say? But I like the scripture before there, it says what? So submit About to grace. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay, so you try to walk in grace, but you ain't humble. So, so you don't get grace in your sin because you ain't humble. So that automatically thrown out of the water. So you thinking you under grace, but you ain't humble in that. And when you humble yourself, then that's when you get it. So you held accountable for your demons. Get it? God knows you full of demons. And then it says that what cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven? Come on, get that scripture. When you're looking at being humble, the Holy Spirit says, He said, You're laying aside your own life.
and you're choosing Christ. He said it's an act of submission unto him. It's where you're submitting unto him. What can enter into the kingdom of heaven? What can enter into the kingdom of heaven? What scripture is that, you guys? What cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven? Yes. Yes. And so read this one and then we'll go get the other one. Billy, can you get it? Understand that. He's literally saying, This is 
what your old life used to look like. But coming and being grafted into me, you were transformed and changed. But the funny part about it is, we took that for granted. This is me, as I began to say to you guys, three baptisms later. It took three baptisms for me to really understand what he's saying here. That I had to do away with this behavior. And if I'm still attached to this behavior, I'm still outside of Christ. And he's saying to me, you must be baptized. Don't you get it? You must be baptized. Because if you're still dealing with this, you are not clean. You need to be baptized for the remission of sin. And it's not me coming and confessing my junk to man. I'm confessing that to the Lord. I'm choosing you over these things. I never did that on the first one. Better yet, the pastor didn't give me insight on that. I'm this, what, young 15-year-old kid being dumped in water. And I came with the first thing that I should not have. It was all about my self-perturbation and what I look like to men in my first baptism. You messed up my curls. Second one, I'm desperate to be transformed and changed. I take somebody under, but I never confess. I'm thirsting for the Lord, desiring Him, but I never wash the things off by opening my mouth and saying, I renounce these things. Third time, I'm in that place where I recognize that I cannot move forward in his might, his power, in his goodness, and his love without dismissing these things. And some of you will take these secrets to hell with you. Get it? Because you're so proud and you want to stay in this place that you're going to take your secrets to hell with you. Instead of hearing the call for baptism, hearing the need for change, you're going to stay in this place and you're going to say, this call wasn't for me. Because when I heard the third call and God telling me, so when the lady came to the stage and she was talking about she ain't praying for demons, pride literally said to me, you don't need to be baptized, you already did it twice. And then the funny part about it, because we all do this, I then went and asked a couple of other people, saying, are y'all going to get baptized? Are y'all going to get baptized? And they said, no. And then I said, well, shoot, maybe I heard it wrong. And then on the day that they called for baptism, the Lord said, get your butt up there. He said, I want you to prepare yourself to be baptized. He says, I want you to bring the clothes that you thought you were going to work out at the gym and use these clothing for your baptism. Because in my mind, when he told me to get up there, I literally said, but Lord, I don't have nothing to wear. When you're truly submitted to the Lord, nothing matters. You'll go in what you have. Because
because it's about what he has for you. You're not going to make excuses. You're not going to overlook the pool. You're going to run to the pool. And that's a pool of transformation. Because in there, you're releasing demons. And when I found out something most important, demons hate water. What do they have? Huh? Dry places. Don't you guys get it? They hate water. Let's look at the scripture. Again, it said in dry places. So guess what? Why does they dwell in you? Because you are a dry place. There ain't no light in there. There's no place for Christ to stay live in. Because it's dry. It's dead. It's not producing. And how do you know it's not producing? What life you saved? Who did you heal? When did the power of God rise up on the inside of you? Who are you changing lives? Nobody. Because demons don't change demons. They just what? Hang out. Wow, isn't it different? And so when I found out demons can't live in water, I'm like, wet me! Soak me! Drench me! For me. It's afraid of water. And how you know it's afraid of water? God is the living water. <laughs> that takes you back to scripture. What scripture says? I am living water. Can we pull that one up? Because you guys read earlier that they go into dry places, right? Think 
that speaking in the spirit is not a good thing. Because it sounds like you're babbling. And, 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 and if he can talk you out of that, speaking in the spirit, he's literally saying, it's not him that's speaking. The enemy is saying, I prefer the inhabitant. And he makes you think that speaking in the spirit is not cool. But Paul says throughout scripture that he prefers to speak in the spirit more than anything because he knows he's activating the power of God. And so let's go with this one and then we're going to go to Paul about speaking in the spirit. Go ahead. And so it's so 
that we get back into the place to listen. So let's go through the ones I gave you about six things that were so important about John the Baptist. So what's the first one to kill? Mm -hmm. And so, 
smart enough to know too, which really gets me. Because some of you think that, huh, this is part of persecution. Some of your persecution is self-inflicted and the enemy knows it. And, and so he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going through. No, you're not going through. You stand in the same place dealing with the same demon. And the reason why you stand in the same place dealing with the same demon because you haven't recognized the fullness of Christ is not flowing through you. Hopefully you're getting what he's trying to get you to see. You must be baptized. John the Baptist was a strong and humble leader. Well, he was strong and humble. He wasn't trying to get the next flight. He wasn't trying to be the next high person. He was not trying to step into the next position. He was humble and he was okay in his role. And some of you want to be in greater roles. I crack you up because I was praying for the city of Los Angeles yesterday. And as I was praying for the city of Los Angeles, I said, Lord, give me an open vision for this uh, particular city. I kind of thought that I was going to get something great. But what I got rocked the heck out of my soul. He said, I want you to go outside and look at this particular gate. And as I walked outside to look at this particular gate, I noticed that the gate at one corner time had an automatic opener. And then the Lord said, look deeper. And so the automatic opener, the, the switch to make the gate open going in and out was rusted out. And so the only thing you could do was to manually pull the gate back and forth. And then he says, I want you to pay attention to this building that you're in. I was in the building and every single thing was barred by, by uh, boards or something that locked you in and prevented you from getting out. So it was like... You know, in the old days, we used to put bot wires or on stuff to keep people out, or we would put bars on the doors and windows to protect. And then when they came a fire, they couldn't save you. And many of us got bars on our spiritual life that we locked in because we're afraid of everything. And God can't get in and you can't get out. And so as he began to show me this, I began to stare at it like, whoa. And then after he showed me the bars on everybody's house, he showed me the children outside. And the enemy was snatching up children left and right. And he literally said to me, in this, California has sought to protect itself and leave its children unprotected. And the enemy has raised up a false standard. And he's willing the children in left and right through false images. You can be a basketball player. You can be this. You can be that. You can be this because these are the images that the children see because there's no image that the children see because the parents are so afraid. Wow, that's deep. 
And so who's left to attend to the children? Nobody. And then after he showed me the children, he turned around and he showed me the parents got. And the parents gods were so weak that the children didn't want the parents got because they could see that the parents were in bondage in their own houses. So why would they seek to choose their parents God? Because their parents God had no power. Get it? Because the parents wasn't dealing with what was dealing with them. And so therefore, they were left to their own devices to create an image that would sustain their life because the parents wouldn't do it. And the parents are responsible for the children and so they're supposed to be praying and covering their children but they left them alone because they were so afraid of what was going on on the outside that they left their children. And this is California. And the pastors wasn't doing their job because they were after the same thing the children was after. False images. Money, wealth, and a host of other things. But the Lord said, for you, I am raising you up to rescue my children. But in order for you to rescue them, I need to remove what's been hindering you. That's why he's saying you must be baptized. Did I get this one? Um, he lived solely to point others to Christ, and he was obedient to God's purposes. And so Simon Peter, excuse me, John the Baptist lived solely to point others towards Christ. And what is our job? <coughs> to do what? What does scripture say about that? What does scripture say that? What scripture says that? Let's get them. But I can't get something 
if they're unwilling to release it. Because I've been in battles, hear me, mighty battles. And I'll sit back and say, Lord, why I'm sweating over here in total prayer and that demon not moving? And the Lord literally says to me that they're unwilling to release it, leave it alone. And I've seen people fight demons and not have victory over them and they find out, they wondering why? Because the person's not willing to come out. And, and some spirit been here, I, I, I tell you one time, long time ago, one showed up my house and said, I been here, what? He said, thousands of years, I forgot what he said, the time frame in which he was there. And he said, I ain't coming out. And he got up and walked out my house. And so that means you got to be baptized. If I hadn't known then that I needed to throw water at it, I, I, I would have got it. <laughs> that sounds good. Keep a spray bottle. <laughs> but that's not it. You are the spray bottle. Did you guys get that one? He was brave. He was willing to speak truth. Even it meant that he would die. So he wasn't afraid of Satan. Nor man. And some of us are afraid. You know what I've learned over the years in dealing with Satan? You knock me down, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep coming at you. I'm going to keep coming at you. You can knock me down so many times, but I'm going to keep coming at you. And guess what? If you kill me, I win. And that's what you have to realize. Get down, get back up again. And, and, and your parents taught you that. If somebody beats you up, you better get up and fight again. You better fight with everything you got. Because if you don't, when you get home, you're going to have a fight with me. Hear me? And so I learned, even if I lose, I'm going to be fighting. <laughs> and then coming home, I love it because sometimes you see it on TikTok. Mom, I, I didn't win. <laughs> Hear me? But you literally say to that point is, but I fought my best fight. And that's what God wants you to fight your best fight. And he will bring the victory for you. But imagine fighting something the Holy Spirit just showed me right now in a vision. Why are you fighting something that you can't see what you're fighting? And the reason why you can't see what you're fighting because you ain't examined what's in your vessel. So you throwing punches at everything, but you're not punching what's really bothering you. Because you won't admit that you got a problem with you. And 90% of the time, the person who has a problem with everybody else, it's a problem with them. They got stuff pouring on the inside of them that they're not dealing with. And they want to take it out on everybody else. It's called kicking the cat, you guys. 
You're kicking a cat because you were unwilling to deal with what's dealing with you. So you're going to make everybody else your punching bag when you really need to punch what's punching you. Hopefully you guys got that. So you can't turn around and say, ooh, he hit me. No, you hit yourself. Deal with what's dealing with you. So if you guys wanted insight on John the Baptist, what scripture is that? When it speaks of John the Baptist? Say it louder. Luke 1 gives you the life of John the Baptist. And I want to make sure you understand, he stood up against leaders and officials. He got his head cut off because he was unwilling to turn around and say no. Okay? And the woman was so pissed off that he, she could not get him to agree with her marriage. Remember, this is a, it was an incorrect marriage. She was married to her brothers. <laughs> okay, she was her brother. He, she was married to the other brother first, and then she turned around and married the other brother. And so in that, she didn't like the thought that he pointed it out. And what was waging on the inside of her caused her to come up against the man of God. Because nobody wants their sin pointed out. And Christ is saying, you must be willing to die. And some of us are not willing to die because we think this life here is a value. I got a better life coming. You got a better life coming. But you got to choose it fully. And to choose it fully, you must renounce what's been basically having its way on the inside of you. Some of you have been hearing great things about the Lord wanting to do in your life. And you say, well, why can't it come forward? Why is it that I can't achieve what I'm desiring? Because you're serving two masters. Get rid of the old. And truly embrace Christ in your life so that His Spirit can really carry you to the journey that you're looking to do in Christ. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. I don't know who the alarm it is. Oh, he's not one of you guys. And so in that, hear what the Spirit of the Lord says today. Can we all stand? So we're potentially going to be having actual baptisms um, at Pastor's Home. 
and the date for right now is scheduled for August 28th, which is a Sunday. And it's given now that we've had this message a time for you to examine yourself, to speak with the Lord about what's going on on the inside, to prepare yourself for this baptism. So stay tuned for more information, but we will have a sign-up list for that, and that information will be sent out. So if I don't have your email or any information that you have, can you please see me after church so I can make sure you get that. Thank you. And one additional thing that I want to talk about baptism, because a lot of times you guys don't know, when you come out of the water, some of you want to throw up. Guess what? That's your throwing up demons. And so uh, we will make sure that we have another side that people will be there to pray for you and pray you out. And so I don't know, I know a few that has experience in this room that can do it. And so I want to make absolutely sure if you're interested in being a support to me in that particular area, and you've recently been baptized, I'll say it that way, come join the team with me, but it's not an easy team because you're going to have to pray them all the way through and sometimes touching somebody, you may be afraid something's gonna jump on you, but we already gonna say right now in the name of Jesus that there will be no transferring of spirits and that's in scripture as well. Amen. And in that place, our job is to get everything out of you because once you're out, you're free. And we're making sure that it's a place for God to dwell. And so in that, you know, if you're interested in being a part of that team, you know, uh, I would say to you, today is a day that I would say, stay around. Because I want to make sure that I give you some insight so that you understand what you're doing. And if you need to be baptized first, because when I went to the assembly, I got baptized. And then all of a sudden I turned around and I looked to the side and the Lord said to me, get involved, free them. He didn't give me a choice. He literally, because I said, oh, I'll just stand on the side and watch them and I'll pray for them. And then I could see a few of them couldn't get them out. And then as I'm standing there and looking at them, I'm thinking I'm just going to be the observer on the other side. And the Holy Spirit literally said, go over there. Release that person from it. And they were all on the ground with that person and the Holy Spirit gave me in two seconds. Because when you're fully filled with Christ, you can tell what's hindering others. Don't you understand the reason why we're able to walk around and nobody knows what's going on? Because we all got stuff going on on the inside. And so we can't really see what somebody's contending with because they know how to mask it well. And demons know how to hide and, and make you reflect upon what looks like Christ. But when you're really free, you can see what's going on in others. And it's easier to come up to it and get it. And to expose Satan. And so as you're standing today, your first part of this repentance, only you know what's been going on on the inside of you. Today you're choosing to say, Lord, 
I release that. So whether you've been with us throughout this whole sermon online, and if I say you're online and you're in L.A. somewhere near, get to church. I'm going to keep saying that. Or you're in this room. You know when the Holy Spirit is tapping you and saying, don't do that. Don't say that. And just in case you guys don't know, you know, today's music has so many cuss words on it. So many cuss words. And if you're driving in the car and all of a sudden you hear a good beat and you bop into it, and you hear all the profanity and everything that goes on behind the scene, and you got Christ in it, in you, you're grieving the spirit. And sometimes you hear, turn it off, right? And you ignore it. It's, it's too hard to push my hand over here, Lord, and turn off that radio. Uh, Lord, it's too hard to get out of this store because I want to buy something. You guys hear that, right? And we just let it just run through us. But it's going to cost you later. It's going to cost you later. So deal with what's dealing with you. So today, as you're standing here, if you're distracted, let's start asking God for help in that. Okay? I'm not asking you to renounce things unless you're going to go to your word and stay in your word. I say, if you're a candidate for baptism, this is the start. Today is a day to acknowledge I need help. Today is a day to recognize where you're falling short. Today is the day that you cry out to your Lord and you begin to tell him you need him. Lord, I need you. I don't want to stay in the place in which I'm in. I need you. I don't want to hide anymore. Whatever's hindering me, show me. And as you show me, teach me how to remove out of it. Give me a strategy for the things I need to let go. So let God strategize with you and come up with a plan to release the things that are holding you captive. It could be a relationship. It could be how you see yourself outside of Christ. It could be fear. It could be unforgiveness towards somebody. It could be rage. It could be self-righteousness. It could be fear. It could be where the enemy's constantly tormenting you on something you did in your past. Today, you're saying, Lord, I need a strategy to remove this from my life completely. It can be something that you keep failing in. It can be your expectations over other people. 
Because you expect people to be something that they're not. It also can be afraid, be that you're afraid for change. Some of us are afraid to make changes. It doesn't feel good to me. It can be distraction where the enemy has you looking at crazy things rather than Christ. Some of you may have where you feel like in your vessel you have to have all this knowledge of what's going on in the world. And so you've got all this stuff in you that doesn't have a place to be. So you just store up stuff. And in that place, you're saying, Lord, I need a strategy so I don't keep running after these things. I need to strategize with you that I find a place to remove these things. It's your personal cry. And to stir up that strategy in you right now, let's all pray in the spirit. Lord, give me that strategy. Let's take the roof off this room. Let's take the roof off this room and let's strategize in the spirit. Don't let the enemy keep you up. Pray in the spirit. Don't let the enemy keep you up. Pray in the spirit. Oh, 
God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry. We pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.